Holy City and Jones Show. I'm Jones. I'm Cindy. And we are Between the Whistles Detroit, and we are talking Red Wings hockey. Yes. Yes. Now, when we were talking pre-show about the Red Wings, we were talking about how we were going to talk about the 97 championship, and uh, today is an eventful day in the city of Detroit because many years ago, the Red Wings drafted a number 19 to their team, and now he is their general manager. He won four Stanley Cups, and one of his first Stanley Cups was the anniversary was yesterday. Yes, and he was, he's every bit as cute now as he was then. And who's and a friend of the Between the Whistles show scored the game-winning goal of Game Four. Yes, Mr. Darren McCarty. Hi, Darren. Congrats, and, buddy. Yeah, he's got four of those rings, so he's. I know he's he good. does. He's, he's good. He's uh, he's an elite company across sports. He's my hero. Yeah, there's there's I was I think I did the math. Did you know there's only I think eighty nine. Players who have won four rings or more. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, when Darren and I first became friends and started working on the Poisoned Ice project together, which, by the way, y'all are going to hear more about Poisoned Ice here uh, in the next in the coming months. But um, when we started working on that project, Darren said to me, I said, what's it like when you go in the locker room? You know, do you, do they ask you to come in and talk to these new guys? You know, this was right after the draft. And um, he's like. He goes, well, he said, yeah. He goes, you know, I mean, I'll come in and talk to him. He said, uh, but they have a lot of people coming in and talk to him. He said, but when you walk in the room and you got four cups, everybody listens. I think it's kind of like the Tom Brady kind of method. Like when he comes in a room, you listen. Mm-hmm. When a guy like Le- like LeBron James comes in a room, now he's now he's kind of ruined his own legacy in a way. But when a guy like that or Steph Curry or uh, – Tim Duncan come in the room, like you gotta listen because those guys have been in some magnitude of you know, magnitude games and they have played the best of the best and won the best trophy in all sports. Well, and it's like it's not a one off. It's just it's not a fluke. You know, you can say one time uh, it's a fluke. Yeah. Two times you can say, well, if it was back to back, they were just with the right group of people. Right. Uh, in a case like you know Darren's and and, and Stevie and, and quite a few of these other Nick guys, Lichrum, you know guys like that. Thank God that a lot of them were in Detroit. We're really blessed with that. But the fact is that these guys won multiple cups spanning a decade. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it was a mistake. These but, guys have cemented themselves as the true elite of this sport. So that's why people listen. Yeah, and I think I think that's what you have to understand. And you look, you make comparisons to the '97 team. You look at the '90, the you know the '91 team. I kind of feel like we're in a '91, '92 era of Red Wings hockey, where we have the players in our system or on the roster, but they just haven't got to that level of championship level yet. Now, I would say, you say 91, 92. For me, I, this feels like 1995 to me. I don't, because they, they made the playoffs in 1995. Well, See, I think I think it's more like 91, 90, where they're kind of, they're on the cusp of becoming something great. You got to remember, they I th- think Bowman came in 94. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't bo- I was just born, so excuse me if I forget it. Oh God, that makes all of us sick. For all of y'all who are my age, it makes us just sick that he was born in 1994. But, like my daughter was born in 1994. That's why this is, this, is, <laughs> this is a critical time in Red Wings history, kind of, because Stevie Y could cement the next dynasty with the next head coach. And there's been a lot of speculation about who that's going to be. And some of the comments on the talk board, you know, uh, the Motor City Ice Queen, which was really a, a very much up and coming Detroit and is an up and coming Detroit hockey scene um, influencer paired up with the Detroit Red Wings news on social media. So now we have the Detroit Red Wings news powered by Ice Queen, which is awesome, by the way. Um, just tremendous exceptional hockey conversations and on there what i was seeing joe is i'm seeing people saying they're getting sick and tired of speculation they're getting sick and tired of talking about which coach could be considered because all of them are up for grabs kind of a thing and they want to know they want to have a conversation when we're solid when when the detroit um, red wings signal that there's someone they're interested in or actually make an announcement I think the discussion about who it could be is more fun than that. I, I think I think it's fun because when the Nash, when the best insider in hockey says this, going to do quickly. Who knows what Steve Eiserman is going to do? But there are a lot of people who seem to think that Cassidy will be a, a very serious contender in Detroit, for example, if not elsewhere. When the top insider in hockey. Elliot Friedman says something like that. You listen. Now, obviously, we don't know what's going on because no one knows what's going on because even Elliot Friedman said in the same podcast that he doesn't even get good knowledge from the Detroit Red Wings because they're so tight-lipped and Stevie White does not like stuff getting out. But... Yeah, it keeps things very close to the vest. You love... You got to understand if there was no conversation of who the head coach was going to be, you're not a relevant franchise. See, this shows all about the Red Wings. So the Red Wings, they are showing that no matter when they're good, when they're bad, there is always conversation about them. And if you look at the top teams in sports, you look at the Lakers, the when, when they were looking for a coach, it was the topic of conversation. Yeah. When you look at if, if the Patriots needed a head coach tomorrow, that'd be a topic of conversation. The Green Bay Packers needed a, a head coach. Topic of conversation. God forbid if the Dallas Cowboys needed a, top, a head coach because that would be like 24-7 news cycle. Right, for sure. Because that's what happens. When you're a good team, people talk about you. Right, when you're they a, want to know who that next When you're a relevant team. franchise, people talk about you. Now, I find it really interesting that Elliot Friedman in the same podcast. You know who could be the potential head coach of the Florida Panthers next year? Jeff Blaschel. No kidding. He said that they, the general manager of Florida loves Jeff Blaschel, thinks he got a raw deal in Detroit, which I think he did too. But that's beside the point. I think Stevie Y gave him enough time, but he didn't do it well with the roster he had. I just don't think the dynamics were right. I think he, I think it was just time. You know, I think I think what Bruce, I think what Elliot Freeman said about Bruce Cassidy is kind of true. Jeff Lashell, where maybe it just got it went too long and things weren't happening the way they were, and they 
they had to part, part ways. But the whole the Bruce Cassidy thing is weird because the Bruins they were a contending team. Now they pissed off Pasternak. He's Not pretty, a good move. He's pretty pissed off we, right we now. We talked in the last segment about what happens when you tick off the wrong person. It could send <laughs> a bad things can happen. It could send a seismic wave into that yeah. Boston Bruins, and yeah. people are talking about Boston rebuilding now and all that stuff. Right. But it's it's a good thing that you are getting talked about. Because if you're not getting talked about, no one cares about you. You're just a dead weight. And the rubbings the rubbings have commanded so much effing respect throughout sports that they deserve that because that's exactly what that that brand does. The rubbing logo is an iconic logo. You can ask Darren McCarty, you can ask uh, Stevie Y, you can ask Nicholas Strum, you can ask any rubbing who has ever wore that jersey that it's. You take pride in wearing that jersey because that's an original six franchise. That is the best American hockey franchise in history. Eleven Stanley Cups. No one is close in, in American uh, hockey. I mean, well, and we had Gordy Howe. We had, you really can't. We had Gordy Howe. We that. had Stevie White. We yeah. had Nicholas Lidstrom. We had Henrik Zetterberg. We had Pat Alex Delvecchio. Right. We had. Right. The, we had everything. We even had the Grind Line, which was pretty. They were a pretty special group. Draper, Malfi, and McCarty. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Probert. Joey Koser. Joey Koser. I mean, in almost every category of hockey, you look at, and that's the other thing about the Red Wings that I'd like to, you're exactly right, Joe. You look at any element inside the game, and the Detroit Red Wings have had legacy there. Just think about it. You go forward. Who, who's the top forwards you name in? Stevie right. Y and Gordy Howe. Those are yep. two of the top forwards in NHL history. You look at the defensemen. Yep. Who you who you name if one of the Nick first, Lindstrom. Nick Lindstrom, and you might name Red Kelly. Yep. And then if you go to the goaltending situation, who is the first guy you're probably going to name because of the sh- the, the sh- shutout that he had that Broder broke? Terry Sawchuk. Yep. Those and then, are, that's, that's, and then you had a Hall of Fame head coach, you had a Hall of Fame general manager, two of them. Yep. Maybe three because Stevie Y might be the third. Guy who goes in the Hall of Fame at the I bet I'll, I'll make money. You had Delvecchi, you had uh, Davilano, you had Holland, and you had you have Stevie Y now. Yep. That's prestigious territory because if you ask, if you look at any team around the league, go try to do that with any other team. That's you, right, you can't. The only team that you, the only teams that you can do that with is Toronto and Montreal. But they they can't come close to the number of Stanley Cups. Well, Montreal has more. Toronto has more. They've been in the league long. They were they were around in I think nineteen sixteen or since nineteen sixteen or whatever. Right. And some of the Stanley Cups are against teams that never even they're not even around. You can't anymore. even count those. I'm saying in the modern era, you really I mean say the last, you know, hundred years or so. You know, and that's modern, right? But in the last fifty, last sixty years, you can't even come nobody comes close to Detroit. Since they expand let's go expansion era. There you go. Let's go expansion era because if you go expansion era, they still have yeah, I mean, you know, but they don't have – only Detroit has all those other elements, I believe. So I think we made the case that the Detroit legacy is just beyond um, the average, okay? It's not even – you can't even come close. So that's what Detroit has to offer. Here's the thing with this coaching situation. In part because of what you just laid out, Joe, I think a lot of fans and a lot of people and a lot of ones that make comment on our social media pages – are expecting a Scotty Bowman level coach. 
And I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. But, but see, the expectations are so high when it comes to Detroit. Um, they're expecting that. I don't think that's where Stevie's going to go just yet. I think he's looking for a gap filler. I think he's looking for someone who's between the, and I, and I posted this comment on our social media. He is looking for the guy who is going to be the, the filler between the team they are now and the cup contenders they are going to be in two or three years. He's looking for the guy to bridge that gap. And when he gets to where he wants to be, that's when he's going to bring in his Scotty Bowman level coach. I, and so I think people may be a little disappointed. And, and also I think they're getting coach conversation fatigue when it comes to Detroit. You know, like we talk about people getting election fatigue. Right. When you all you hear about is constant political ads two weeks before an election, when everybody has their ad buys in and you're getting, you know, your mailbox is like bursting at the seams with all that stuff yeah. they mail to you and yeah. all this kind of stuff. You're just done with it. You're sick of it. You're sick of hearing. About I don't it. think I, that I don't think that they're going for a guy. Who, but I think our fan base is getting to that point with this, which is why you're seeing some of some of this stuff in the comments. But I think they want a Bowman level coach. I don't think we're going to get one. Not yet. I think that they are – I think Steve Uri is going to go after a Bowman-type coach. And I don't think he's going to be a brand name. He might not be a brand name. He might be a brand name. But I think Stevie Uri is looking for the coach that's going to get them right now because I think he feels like Dylan Larkin is exactly like him as a, as a younger age, where he needs that guidance, he needs that, that motivation, and he needs the tough love that he got from Scotty. I think he sees a lot of him in Dylan. I really do. And he's looking for a coach who can inspire Dylan the way Bowman inspired him. inspired him. I can see that argument, and I think that's a pretty good one. I think what Steve is waiting for, there, I think there's a couple litmus tests that he has for this team to, to um, determine when they're going to be ready for a Bowman-level coach. And I think one of the things he's waiting for and I think this is going to be a key. We're seeing it right now in the conference finals. What's going to be a key to the Red Wings' success and is going to make them a contender is going to be people say, oh, when we get a defenseman or whatever, defensive pairings and all this stuff, maybe. But I think the key to this is goaltending. And we had a great conversation pre-show mm -hmm. about goaltenders. You look at right now, you've got two of the arguably in, in the Eastern Conference finals, finals the first and second best goalies anywhere in the world. And that's what it's going to take. You need that. I mean, back in, we talked about the 97 uh, Detroit Red Wings, you know, they're that cup team, mm -hmm. you know, you had a couple, two of the, you know, arguably some of the best goalies in the league at the time. Uh, and every Stanley cup team, you look at that is a critical, critical element. And I think that's what Stevie's working on. And Joe, I know you have an awful lot of insight on that. My take as far as our goaltending situation is this. Um, I think we've got some great things in the pipeline. I think uh, Ned uh, Nedeljkovic could be a, a great piece of that. I don't know if it's going to be they're going to set up a tandem goalie situation or we're just going to have a couple of guys who can be rotated um, along with a third potentially coming in. Here's my thing. What I'd like to see the Red Wings do is I'd like to see them get deep in net I think I'd like to see them do like, you know, um, look at the St. Louis Blues when they won the cup, right? They basically had to go three, four deep, and which they, they never expected to be able to do or have to do, excuse me, not be able to, but they would never have expected that to go all the way to Jordan Biddington, who was like fourth 
uh, down in their depth chart for goaltenders. And he ends up being, you know, a breakout player and, and in delivering a huge, a huge part of what made them successful in, in winning the Stanley cup that year. If I would love to see Detroit have that kind of position. I don't know if that's what Steve's waiting for, but what I think he is waiting for is to at least have his two goalies in place, his Osgood Vernon, his uh, Vernon Hasek, his Osgood Hasek, whatever he's waiting. He's waiting for that combination to come up. I think Ned could potentially be one of those people, but there's another one coming that you've had your eye on. I think Bedalkovich could be that guy. But there is a guy that plays in Edmonton that I think the Edmonton Oilers would have wished they had because this kid is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I watched his game against the Seattle Thunderbirds. It's a WHL championship. Very, very, just a lot of fun hockey because they're younger kids and they're just all out to win it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're trying to prove their, their, their chance. And Costa is just like saying, no, 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 not today. And if you look at the goalies in the Eastern Conference Final, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, and you look at Costa, the way he plays, he looks exactly like those guys. And in fact, am I not mistaken? Tell me if I'm wrong, but I could have sworn I heard you say Detroit has found their Vasilevsky. I think they have. I think okay, you watch, when you watch, That's a pretty that's a pretty bold statement to make. Because I'm, I'm he's the best goalie in the world, I'm, arguably maybe one of the best. I'm going to make this statement because I think it's true. I played goaltender. I know what it I know what it takes to be a championship goaltender. And when you look at a guy like Sebastian Costa in the WHL championship, that's a tough league to play in the Western Hockey League. And he is playing his ass off. He's got a lot of shutouts. In the last five games, he is just absolutely tearing it up. Like it's the last five games. He's he's played he's got nine goals against. 106 saves. His save percentage is 9.22. He's getting shot on a lot. But he's not in an NFL, or excuse me, an NHL environment, Joe. He's still playing in a minor. What leagues. you? What you? Okay, let me entice the people on what you look for when I'm pretty sure Stevie looks like this way. Okay, you want someone who competes at a high level, which the WHL is. A, you compete at a high level. It's a, it's a league where it, there's a lot of def- defense and there's a lot of offense. It's more comparable to the NHL than the Quebec Major Junior League or some of the so other you know, leagues. What you look for in a goaltender is how do they come back with the championship mentality of a goaltender? Let's say you let in a goal. Does your confidence get shaken? Yes or no? And if it is yes, you're not cut out to be a championship goaltender. Because if you look at a guy like Vasilevsky, you look at a guy like Shesterkin, they get a goal scored on them, and they somehow get better. This this Sebastian Kosa kid, he gets better when he used score on him. And when he has a bad game that he thinks is a bad game, the next game he usually gets a shutout. The kid's in phenomenal. The way he competes at a high level, the way he post to post, he's getting these pucks and he's he's tracking them all see another thing about a goalie when you're looking at being you're looking at a goaltender is how do they track the puck mm-hmm. if they can track the puck at a high level you go okay that's a really good sign because if you can track the puck you can track the puck anywhere so what you're saying joe is that sebastian cosa 
has it in spades in the P department. Yeah. No, <laughs> We're yeah. talking about poise. Get your minds out of the gutter, everybody who was thinking I was talking about something else. Um, poise. The kid is poised. He's poised like most cider is poised. And that's what's really encouraging is with this Red Wings, these youngsters on the Red Wings that are coming up, is they are showing a level of maturity that is uncommon in young players. Uh, and that is what I think is very encouraging for the Detroit Red Wings here in the next two to three years. It's still going to take, I think, a couple of years for Sebastian Cosa to develop. And he hasn't gone up against any NHL, NHL talent. I mean, let's see what happens when he goes up against Connor McDavid. Let's see what happens when he goes up against Leon Dreisaitl. Let's see what right. happens he's when he have, goes he's up against have, Ryan O'Reilly, right? He's going to have to progress. But sure. Look at, this is his playoff numbers this year. 16 games. 198 goals against average. A 9-11 save percentage. When you talk about a goaltender that you want to see in the future, those are the stats you want. Now, I know I know it's not the NHL. I know it's the WHL. But listen, when you, this is that's a tough league. The, the Western Hockey League is a tough league. It's become one of the tougher leagues in all of the CHL. You have to understand that when you have a goaltender, that it gives you a chance to win every night, and when he has a bad night, he comes back and he plays really, really well to where he shuts it out. This kid is really starting to turn people into, like, why didn't we draft him? Why didn't we draft him? I was talking to someone today mm-hmm. who literally said, I don't know why we didn't draft him. Now, just to be clear for the folks listening, you're talking about somebody who is currently in the front office of an another NHL Yeah, club. it was it's a front office person yeah. that I know because I interviewed with them. But uh, you, you talk to them, and they're like, why didn't we know? And I go, well, you're not Steve Eisen, okay? But the you got to look at it like this. Like, the guy who I think was a big part in drafting Sebastian Kosa is Sean Horkoff, you know, the assistant general manager. I think – well, he wasn't – he was like a scout at the time. But you got to think about it. Like, that was the guy who he, – he was very underrated at the time. Mm-hmm. People, people thought Jasper Wallstadt was the better – goalie and you're starting to see that Sebastian Cosa was kind of like a underrated player that has blossomed at this point well and look it was the same GM who scouted and recruited both these guys and signed them both yeah both Vasilevsky and uh Sebastian Cosa yeah Vasilevsky was the same way he didn't start he didn't start blossoming until he got drafted by Tampa Bay and then Tampa Bay is like oh crap we have a goalie (laughs) like we have a guy you you have you have a nearly a generational talent in net with Vasilevsky, and the fact that Stevie Y was able to see that when no one else could, and the fact that he also saw that in Sebastian Cosa, I think that's tremendously telling about what is in store for the Red Wings. But I think it's going to take time to develop that that goaltending talent I that mean, we've got. Just the, the way so it's gonna. Yeah, I think I think a cup contention is, is uh, I'll say two to three years away. Yeah. But I just want to mention Joe. I did say before the finals, before the playoffs even started, I thought the Colorado Avalanche were going to go all the way, much as it kills us as Wings fans to say it. I still think Tampa's going to go all the way. I think it's going to be an Avs. I think I think when Tampa – I think it's going to be an Avs Cup this I, year. I think when Tampa goes against the Avs, I think the Avs are going to be screwed. Because well, they don't have the goaltending. Goaltending. And there that's, that's where you start. And you here's it. another part about the Red Wings that I think is pretty it's, it's special. 
Look at the guy, the guys Eisenman has drafted. Look at Elmer Soderblom. And look look at the fanfare he's getting because he's starting to protect the puck and starting to become like a guy who you're like, how in the hell did Stevie Y see this? That's what I think. I think you look at when you look at Stevie Y and you look at the way he's drafting, he got these guys a year before. <laughs> they if they would have been drafted now, it could be a totally different draft. All look, the look, look at the way look at the way it was with Cider. He would be the number one draft pick. Yep. Raymond, number one draft pick. No doubt. Edmondson, number one draft pick. And I bet you this year he'll get the best player again because that's what Stevie White does. You look at the way he drafted the goalie uh, Kosa. That guy would probably go at the top of the draft because that's what it is. Stevie Y knows how to scout. This Red Wings team knows how to scout, and you will start to see the dividends. I think next year. We're ready to win the cup when we build from the back forward. Or it's going to start with that net minder. You got to have that. If you got, if you don't have that, you don't have it. You win with goaltending. You got it. And I don't care what anybody tells you. That Western Conference Finals was absolute garbage because none of those players had the goal. None of those teams had goaltending. I mean, I watched Mike Smith. He got a lot of beach ball in the net. <laughs> I can't stay. I you. I could not stay. I couldn't stand that that the whole. Thing. When you look at the, the Tampa Bay Lightning coming over or the Rangers playing their abs, good luck scoring on those two goalies because those guys are what determine championships. And I'm going to tell you right now that Sebastian Kosa will be in the same level in a few years. Looking forward to seeing it. We will see you in the next segment as we talk about the Tigers and their 10-game home stand that they have coming up and how crucial it is. And I have a very bold take, a bold prediction, Joe. Uh, here we go. No more the, bold predictions. You will find out why I think that the Detroit Tigers have a shot at the playoffs. And she's, she's gone crazy, guys. All right. <laughs> we'll see you in the next segment. See you then.